welcome back to Agents and Aspots. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we are talking about Season 5, Episode 13, called The Song Remains the Same. So we start out in Dean's dream. There's a lady not wearing very much except for a slinky devil's outfit dancing for him. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally having flashbacks to, um, oh, what episode was that? I don't know, with the trickster. Oh, yeah, the, like, the angel and the devil. Or I don't know. Do they on have a bed and the stage or whatever? Yeah. It's the one with the aliens and all that sort of. I don't ever remember what that one's called. Um, Tall Tales. Okay. Yeah. I you know more than I do. <laughs> I, I just re- that's one of my favorite episodes. So okay. that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, then another lady dressed as an angel joins her. Dean says, now that's what I call peace on earth. (laughs) The girls disappear and Anna, the angel, is there. Dean says, Anna, I was just uh, working on a case. I mean, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) She says, this is what you dream about. Dean looks down at his lap and says, this is awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, why is it so awkward? Because, I mean, hello, you two kind of did it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Because he has a boner. <laughs> I mean, That's yeah, but like, it's not like she hasn't seen it before. I mean, I guess you're right. <laughs> you know, like, how awkward can it really be? Uh, maybe it's awkward in that way that like your ex caught you in a fantasy about some other people. You know what I mean? I mean, also, yeah, that's probably really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Dean says, "Why are you gate crashing my head? Why don't you just swing by the motel?" She says, "I can't find you." Dean says, oh, Cass did this thing. Anna says, Cass, right. Now there's a friend you can count on. Dean says, what? She says, he didn't tell you where I've been? Of course not. Why would he? Dean says, where have you been? Anna says, prison, upstairs, all the torture, twice the self-righteousness. Dean says, why wouldn't he have told us where you were? Anna says, because he's the one who turned me in. Don't look so shocked. He was always a good little soldier. Did anything under orders. Dean says, I don't know. No, that's not what he says. <laughs> Dean, <laughs> Dean says, I didn't know. Are you okay? Anna says, no, and I don't have long. I broke out. Barely. They're looking for me. If they find me, Dean says, okay, what do you need? She says, meet me, 225 Industrial, and please, just hurry. Dean wakes up with a gasp. So we cut to Anna walking through a warehouse. She calls out, hello, who's there? Then a bunch of light bulbs explode and Castiel is there. I love that Cass is like so electric. He makes light bulbs explode all the time. <laughs> I know. It's like, that's just like, you know, it's Cass when things just start blowing up around you. <laughs> I know. Blowing up my pants. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so Castiel says, hello, Anna. She says, well, if I didn't know any better, I'd say the Winchesters don't trust me. Cass says, they do. I don't. I wouldn't let them come. Anna says, and why is that? Cass says, if you're out of prison, it's because they let you out and they sent you here to do their dirty work. Anna says, and what makes you so sure? Cass says, because I have experienced heaven's persuasion. <laughs> she says, That's a nice flowery way to put it. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. She says, you mean when you gave me to them? Cass says, that was a mistake. Anna, whatever they sent you here to do. Anna says, they didn't send me. I escaped. Cass says, no one escapes. Anna says, all these, um, all these centuries. Yep. I was like, all these centaurs? Nope. That's not right. <laughs> Anna all says, the centaurs. Are all involved. these centaurs. <laughs> Anna says, all these centuries, and you're underestimating me now? 
Cass says, if you're not one of them, then what do you want? Um, if you're not one of them, that's right. Okay. She says, <laughs> I, <laughs> my writing is very awful <laughs> in, this, in this episode, particularly. <laughs> she says, uh, I want to help. Cass says, then what are you doing with that knife? Anna pulls out the knife and says, I'm not allowed to defend myself. Cass says, against whom? That blade doesn't work against angels. It's not like this one. Maybe you're not working for heaven, but there's something you're not telling me. Anna says, Sam Winchester has to die. And we get our opening title sequence. Poor Sammy. Always on the like the low end of the totem pole there. He's just I like. Know. <laughs> so Good. back with Cass and Anna. She says, I'm sorry, but we have no choice. He's Lucifer's vessel. Cass says, he's not the only one. Anna says, what, that guy Nick? He's burning away as we speak. No, Sam is the only vessel that matters. You know what that means. If Lucifer can't take Sam, his whole plan short circuits. No fight with Michael. No Croatoan virus. The horsemen go back to their day jobs. Cass says, even if you could kill Sam, Satan would just bring him back to life. Anna says, not after I scatter his cells across the universe. They'll never find him. Not all of them. Cass says, we'll find another way. Anna says, how's that going? How's the cult working out? Or the search for God? Is anything working? If you want to stop the devil, this is how. Cass says, the answer is still no, because Sam is my friend. Oh, Castile has friends. I know. <laughs> and I he it. seems kind of like a lone wolf. And then he's like, but that's my friend. You know, like I the know. way he says, like, people are his friends. It's always just kind of like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's like, darling. Yeah. You know? I want to be his friend. Jeez. Yeah, me too. Uh, Anna says, you've changed. Cass says, maybe too late, but I have. Anna, we've been through much together, but you come near Sam Winchester and I'll kill you. Anna disappears. So we cut to two teenagers smoking pot and making out in a car. Anna <laughs> appears. <laughs> Anna appears bleeding from the mouth and passes out on the hood of their car. The teens get out of the car. The girl says, oh, my God. The boy says, hey, you okay? The girl says, we have to get her to a hospital. Come on. Anna gets up and the teens help her into the car. We see a giant poster on the wall for the movie Grease. Yeah, I love that movie. Grease is the word, is the word. Oh, yeah, I love that movie, too. <laughs> Summer Nights, man. I like that song. <laughs> Summer I like all of it. We did a song and, well, we... We didn't finish it, but we were originally planning on doing uh, You're the One That I Want in Show Choir back in high school. So we did like part of it, but not all of it. But it <laughs> it was, I wish we would have done that song. It was great. Yeah. But the boys would have just cooperated and done what they were supposed to do. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, so we cut to the boys' motel room. Cass is doing a spell. Dean says, really, Anna? I don't believe it. Cass says, it's true. Dean says, so, she's gone all Glenn Close, huh? That's awesome. Cass says, who's Glenn Close? Dean says, no one. Just this psycho bitch who likes to boil rabbits. <laughs> Sam says, so the plan to kill me, would it actually stop Satan? Dean says, no, Sam, come on. Sam says, Cass, what do you think? Does Anna have a point? Cass says, no, she's a Glenn Close. <laughs> He's like, I don't understand what it means, but I'm going to keep saying it now. I'm going to use it, yep. <laughs> Dean says, I don't get it. We're looking for the chick that wants to gank Sam. Why poke the bear? Cass says, Anna will keep trying. She won't give up until Sam is dead, so we kill her first. Then he does the actual spell and says, I found her. Dean says, where is she? Cass says, not where, when, 1978. Sam says, what? Why 1978? I wasn't even born yet. 
Cass says, you won't be if she kills your parents. Anna can't get to you because of me. So she's gone after them. Dean says, take us back right now. Cass says, I deliver you right to Anna. I should go alone. Dean says, they're our parents, Cass. We're going. Cass says, it's not that easy. Sam says, why not? Cass says, time travel was difficult, even with the... uh, Okay, time travel was difficult, even with the powers of heaven at my disposal. Sam says, but you're cut off. Dean says, so what? You're a DeLorean without enough plutonium? Cass says, I don't understand that reference. <laughs> but <laughs> And I think it's the first. I don't understand that reference, and I love it. I love it, too. And he's kind of exasperated when he says it, which I love. He's like, I just don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> stop talking like this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He says, but I'm telling you, taking this trip with passengers, no less, it'll weaken me. Dean says, they're our mom and dad. If we can save them, and not just from Anna, I mean, if we can set things right, we have to try. So we cut to Cass putting his angel blade and the bottle of holy oil into a duffel bag. He says, ready? Sam says, not really. Dean says, bend your knees. (laughs) Cass touches both of them on the forehead, and they teleport into the middle of a street and almost get hit by a car. Cass is not with them. Sam says, did we make it? Dean says, unless they're bringing Pintos back into production, I'd say yes. Then they see Cass on the ground leaning against a parked car. He's bleeding from the nose. They grab him, and Sam says, hey, take it easy. Dean says, you all right? Cass says, I'm fine. I'm much better than I'm much better than I expected. And then he coughs out some blood and passes out. <laughs> I'm better than I thought. So he thought he would probably be dead. You know? Yes, that's exactly right. So he's so Sam says he's breathing, sort of. What do we do? So we cut to Sam pulling a page out of a phone book and Dean coming out of the Prairie Court Motel. They meet up and Sam says, uh, I mean the mustache is alone. Dean says, I know. Dean says, so I paid for Cass for five nights up in the honeymoon suite. I told the manager, do not disturb no matter what. You know what he said to me? Yeah, don't sweat it. Want to buy some dope? Dope. (laughs) We ought to stick around here. Buy some stock in Microsoft. Sam says, yeah, we might have to if Cass doesn't recover. Is he all right? Dean says, what do I look like? Dr. Angel medicine woman? He'll wake up. He's, you know, tough for a little nerdy dude with wings. Sam says, if he landed like that, hopefully so did Anna. Should buy us some time. Dean says, so did you find them? Sam looks at the phone book page and says, yeah, uh, the Winchesters, 485 Robin Tree. Dean says, let's go pop in on the folks. So we cut to Sam and Dean pulling up to John and Mary's house. Sam gets out of the car and hurries to the door. Dean says, Sam, wait. Sam says, Dean, Anna could be here any second. Dean says, what exactly are we going to march up there and tell them? Sam says, uh, the truth? (laughs) Dean says, what, that their sons are back from the future to save them from an angel gone Terminator? Come on, those movies haven't even come out yet. (laughs) Sam says, well, then tell her demons are after them. I mean, she thinks you're a hunter, right? Dean says, yeah, a hunter who disappeared right when her dad died. She's going to love me. Just follow my lead. So we cut to inside the house. Young John and Mary are getting ready for dinner. Um, they are so cute together. They are. She's like setting the table and he's like opening a beer and they just look so happy and in love and thin. (laughs) (laughs) What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) Nothing. I just noticed they're both very thin people. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's true. Yes. I mean, we have seen a shirtless Matt Cohen up close and personal. Yes, we have. Like very, remember that, oh, what convention was that? It was one of the ones at Bellevue where during, I think it was during, 
Um, I want to say karaoke. No, not karaoke. It wouldn't have been karaoke. The Saturday it must have just special. been during a panel or something like that. They were singing a song and like Matt like was running around. Oh no! So Matt was running around in that red like <laughs> sumo suit type. Oh, thing. that like unitard thing. Yeah, and then he was actually up on Eric's chair. He was fully clothed for this one, but he was up on Eric's chair singing the song for something. I don't remember what it yeah. was. Yeah, that was super cute. Yeah. <laughs> was like right next to me yeah and I, and I was freaking out a little bit and Eric was looking around like where'd he go <laughs> like he's literally <laughs> holding on to your shoulder <laughs> and they looked at each other and gave each other the sweetest little tender look it was adorable like, <laughs> yeah it was cute oh, it was cute it was fun okay so Mary asks how is work John says it was great he reaches for some food but she stops him and says not until you washed up John says, I love it when you get bossy. And then they smooch. <laughs> the doorbell rings. Mary answers. Dean says, hi, Mary. She says, you can't be here. Dean says, I'm sorry if this is a bad time. Mary says, you don't understand. I don't do that anymore. I have a normal life now. You have to go. Dean says, I'm sorry, but this is important, okay? John comes to the door and Mary says, sorry, sweetie. They're just... Dean says, Mary's cousins. Yeah, we couldn't stop through town without swinging by and saying, hey, now could we? Dean holds out his hand and says, Dean. John shakes it and says, you look familiar. Dean says, really? Yeah, you do too. Actually, you know, we must have met at some time. Small towns, right? You gotta love them. John holds out his hand to Sam and says, I'm John. Sam is about to burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, cannot. He's just himself. like, yeah, he's just like staring at John and Mary, like can't even handle it. Like, I don't so, know what to do. They're both yeah. right here, you know. <laughs> So Sam shakes hands, and Dean says, this is Sam. John says, Sam, uh, Mary's father was a Sam. Dean says, oh, yeah, it's a family name. To Sam, John says, you okay, pal? You look a little spooked. Sam finally lets go of John's hand and says, oh, yeah, just a long trip. Mary says, well, Sam and Dean were just on their way out. John says, what? They just got here. Real happy to meet folks from Mary's side. Please come in for a beer. Dean says, twist my arm. <laughs> So we cut to inside. Sam is staring at Mary with tears in his eyes, and Mary is looking uncomfortable about it. <laughs> like, why are you crying, dude? <laughs> I know. Why are you staring at me like that? Oh, jeez. What is going on? <laughs> John says, are you sure you're okay, Sam? Sam says, oh, yeah. Uh, to Mary, he says, you're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, he means that in a non-weird, wholesome, family kind of way. We haven't seen Mary in quite some time. And see, she's the spitting image of her mom. I mean, it's, Sam says, eerie. John says, so how are you guys related? Dean says, you know, distantly. John says, so you knew Mary's parents? Dean says, yeah, yeah. Mary's dad was pretty much like a grandpa to us. John says, that was tragic, that heart attack. Dean says, yes, it was. John says, so uh, what are you guys doing in town anyway? Dean says, oh, business, you know. John says, oh, yeah, what line of work? Sam says, plumbing, at the same time Dean says, scrap metal. Mary, <laughs> Mary says, oh gosh, it's almost seven, and we have, I hate to be rude, but I got to get dinner ready. John says, maybe they could stay. Mary says, I'm sure they have to leave. The phone rings, and John says, oh look, please stay. You know, it would mean a lot to me. I haven't met much of Mary's side of the family. And he leaves to answer the phone. So we cut to John on the phone. He says, look, Mr. Woodson, I'm begging you to reconsider. 
Mr. Woodson says, I'd like to, John. You're a great mechanic, but time ain't exactly rosy. Uh, but times ain't exactly rosy. John says, even just part time. I really need this job. Mr. Woodson says, all right, look, come in right now and let's talk. Maybe we can figure something out. I'll see you in 10 minutes. Don't keep me waiting. <clears throat> we see that Mr. Woodson is actually Anna. Being a bitch. God, first really, you're going to kill him and now you're going to fire him? Like, that's <laughs> fucked up. Like, that is crossing really? the line, Anna. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> There could be another way. There could be yeah. another way. <laughs> yeah. So we cut back to Mary, Dean, and Sam. Mary says, you have to leave now. Dean says, okay, just listen. She says, no, you listen. Last time I saw you, a demon killed my parents. Now you waltz in here like your family? Whatever you want. No, leave me alone. Sam says, you and John are in danger. She says, what are you talking about? Dean says, something's coming for you. Mary says, demon? Dean says, not exactly. She says, well, what then? Dean says, it's kind of hard to explain, okay? Sam says, it's an angel. Mary says, what? There's no <laughs> such thing. Dean says, I wish, but they're twice as strong as demons and bigger dicks. Mary says, why would an angel want to kill us? Dean says, it's a long story, and we'll tell you the whole thing, but right now you got to trust us, and we got to go. Look at my face and tell me if I'm lying to you. Mary says, okay, where do we go? Dean says, out of here. We got to move, though. Mary says, okay, but what do I tell John? Dean says, just tell him. Then he calls out, John? They look for him, but just find a note by the phone that says, back in 15. So we cut to John walking into the car shop. He calls out, Mr. Woodson, you still here? He turns on the light and finds Mr. Woodson dead on the ground with his eyes burned out. John turns around and runs into Anna, who throws him into a wall. Anna's vision starts to go blurry, and she's bleeding from the nose again. They fight. Then Dean is there, and he tries to stab her with Cass's angel blade, but she stops him. He says, I wish I could say it's good to see you. Anna says, you too, Dean. And then she throws him out a window. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, crash. (laughs) Good to see you. (laughs) Mary picks up the angel blade. They fight, but then Anna gets the upper hand. Anna says, I'm sorry, and throws Mary into a car. Mary goes, um, she throws Mary onto a car. Mary goes over the top, uh, over to a table, and grabs the crowbar and shoves it into Anna's chest. I liked that scene a lot. It looked really, it looked like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it I looked mean, like and it she shows really... that Mary's, like, tough. Like, she's not just, like, cute, pretty little, like, you know, housewife. She's like, I'll kill you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I can shove a fucking th- crowbar through your chest. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Damn. So Anna pulls it out and says, sorry, I'm not that it's not that easy to kill an angel. Sam says, no, but you can distract them. And he places his hand in the middle of the angel banishing sigil he made on the wall. Anna disappears. So we cut to all of the Winchesters inside baby with John driving. John says, monsters, monsters are real. And you fight them. All of you. Mary says, I'm sorry. I didn't know how. Dean says, yeah. John says, how long? Mary says, all my life. John, just try to understand. Dean says, she didn't exactly have a choice. John says, just shut up, all of you. Look, not another word, or so help me, I will turn this car around. Like, what a family trip. <laughs> I know, I love it. <laughs> Dean says quietly to Sam, wow, awkward family road trip. <laughs> Sam says, no kidding. So they go inside an old house. Mary turns on the lights and says, this place has been in the family for years. She lifts up a rug, and we see a devil's trap underneath. She shows John. Mary says, pure iron fixtures, of course. There should be salt and holy water in the pantry, knives and guns. Sam says, all that stuff will do is piss it off. Mary says, so what will kill it, or slow it down at least? Sam says, not much. 
Mary says, great. Dean says, he said, not much, not nothing. We packed. And he opens up his duffel bag. He pulls out a piece of paper with the angel banishing sigil on it and says, if we put this up and she comes close, we beam her right off this, right off the starship. Sam says, this is holy oil. It's kind of like a devil's trap for angels. Come on, I'll show you how it works. Mary goes with him. John says to Dean, what's the deal with the thing on this paper? Dean says, that's a sigil. That means, John says, I don't care what it means. Where does it go? Dean says, on a wall or a door. John says, how big should I make it? Dean says, John. John says, what? Y'all might have treated me like a fool, but I'm not useless. I can draw a damn whatever it is, a sigil. (laughs) Dean says, why don't you go help Sam out, okay? Because this has got to be done in, well, it's got to be done in human blood. John grabs a knife and cuts his hand. He says, so, how big? Dean says, I'll show you. And he chuckles. John says, what? Dean says, all of a sudden, you really remind me of my dad. (laughs) So we cut to John making a sigil on a wall. Sam comes over and says, that's really good. John says, you came to check on me? Sam says, "Uh, I wanted to say I'm sorry about all this. I know it's a lot. Sam says, look, how long have, uh, no, John says, look, how long have you known about all this hunting stuff? Sam says, pretty much forever. My dad raised me in it. John says, you're serious? Who the hell does that to a kid? Sam says, well, I mean, for the record, Mary's parents did. John says, I don't care. You know what kind of irresponsible bastard lets a child anywhere near? You know, you could have been killed. Sam says, I came kind of close. John says, the number it must have done on your head. Your father was supposed to protect you. Sam says, he was trying. He died trying. Believe me, I used to be so mad at him. I mean, I used to hate the guy. But now, I get it. He was just doing the best he could, and he was trying to keep it together in this impossible situation. See, my mom, she was amazing, beautiful, and she was the love of his life, and she got killed. And I think he would have gone crazy if he didn't do something. Truth is, my dad died before I got to tell him that. I understand why he did what he did. I forgive him for what he did to us. I do. And I just, I love him. Oh, you love him. He loves him. This is a really emotional scene. Like Sam is about to cry the whole time, and John is looking so serious, like he's truly trying to understand why someone would do that to a kid. And it's and it's like super heartbreaking because he, like in his mind, this is like the worst thing you can do to a kid, right? Mm -hmm. And like he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Which means like later to me that means later on. He probably, like, the reason why he was such a jerk was probably because he hated himself for having to do that to his kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Because he knew. Like, he knew what he was doing. It's not like it was just like, okay, he's like, this is now what we're going to do with our lives. And he probably hated himself, which is why he was such an ass, you know? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So we cut to outside the house. Anna is there. There's a strong gust of wind. Anna says, Uriel, you look well. Uriel says, you shouldn't have called. We're under strict orders not to come down here, much less take a vessel. You're not Anna of now. Anna says, no, but 30 years from now, I'm still your superior. I need you to kill some humans. Uriel says, always happy to do some smiting, but what's going on? Anna says, in the future, these people are going to kill you, Uriel. I'm I'm giving you the chance to kill them first. Uriel says, thank you. So we cut to inside. Mary is pouring holy oil on the ground. Dean comes in the room. Mary says, hey, you said you'd explain everything when we had a minute. We have a minute. Why does an angel want me dead? Figure it out, buddy. <laughs> yep. Dean says, because they're dicks. 
Mary says, not good enough. I don't even know. I didn't even know they existed. And now I'm a target. Dean says, it's complicated. Mary says, fine. All ears. Dean says, you're just going to have to trust me. Okay. Mary says, I've been trusting you all day. Dean says, it's kind of hard to believe. Mary says, all right, then I'm walking out the door. Dean says, I'm your son. Mary says, what? Dean says, I'm your son. Sorry, I don't know how else to say it. We're from the year 2010, and Angel zapped us back here. Not the one that attacked you, friendlier. Mary says, you can't expect me to believe that. Dean says, our names are Sam and Dean Winchester. We're named after your parents. When I would get sick, you would make me tomato rice soup, because that's what your mom made you. And instead of a lullaby, you would sing Hey Jude, because that's your favorite Beatles song. Mary starts to cry and says, I don't believe it. No. Dean says, I'm sorry, but it's true. Mary says, I raised my kids to be hunters. Dean says, no, you didn't. Mary says, how could I do that to you? Dean says, you didn't do it because you're dead. Mary looks shocked and says, what happened? Dean says, yellow eyed demon. He killed you and John became a hunter to get revenge. He raised us in this life. Listen to me. A demon comes into Sammy's nursery exactly six months after he's born. November 2nd, 1983. Remember that date. And whatever you do, do not go in there. You wake up that morning and you take Sam and you run. Sam comes in the room and says, that's not good enough, Dean. Wherever she goes, the demon's going to find her. Find me. Dean says, well, then what? Sam sighs and says, she can leave dad. That's what. You got to leave John. When this is all over, walk away and never look back. Dean says, so we're never born. He's right. Mary says, I can't. You're saying that you're my children. And now you're saying, Sam says, you have no other choice. Dean says, there's a big difference between dying and never being born. And trust me, we're okay with it. I promise you. (laughs) He's like, I kind of don't want to live this life that I'm living. So it's fine with me. (laughs) That is like the saddest moment in this whole episode to me. I mean, it is sad. Dean is truly fine not existing because life is so shitty. Yeah. That is like heartbreaking to me that he that he's like, trust me, Sam and I are cool with it. And Sam is like, yeah, like uh-huh. we're, we're yeah. totally fine with it. Like, please. Yeah. I just found that incredibly heartbreaking. Yeah. So Mary says, uh, okay. So Sam said, <laughs> Dean says. Somebody's saying something. <laughs> somebody is saying something and it's not me. Okay. Um, Dean says, uh, we're okay with it. I promise you that. Mary says, okay, well, I'm not. Sam says, listen, you think you can have that normal life that you want so bad, but you can't. I'm sorry. It's all going to go rotten. You are going to die and your children will be cursed. Mary says, there has to be a way. Dean says, no, this is a way. Leave John. She says, I can't. Dean says, this is bigger than us. There are so many more lives at stake. Mary says, you don't understand. I can't. It's too late. I'm pregnant. John comes into the room and says, hey, we got a problem. Those blood things, the sigils, they're gone. I drew one on the back of the door. I turned around, and when I looked back again, it was just a smudge. Dean looks at a sigil and says, he's right. Mary says, and there's no more holy oil. Then a high-pitched noise starts, and the windows blow in. The door opens, and Uriel walks in. Dean says, who the hell are you? He says, I'm Uriel. Dean says, oh, come on. (laughs) Then, Then Anna is there blocking the other exit. Dean says, here goes nothing, and he starts to fight with Uriel while Sam fights Anna. Sam and Dean get their asses kicked. Anna throws John outside through a window. Anna pulls something out of a wall. I didn't really get to see what it was, but she pulls something out of a wall and stabs Sam in the abdomen with it. Did you see what it was? 
I didn't see what it was, and I, I mean, I didn't really, like, pay too close of attention to it. If she's pulling it out of a wall, my guess is that it's, like, you know... Like a pipe, maybe? Maybe, yeah, uh, some sort of metal something in the wall. Yeah, that, it looked metal, but I just was like, what is coming out of the wall? I don't know. It I didn't really pay weird. attention. <laughs> yeah, so Sam collapses and dies while Dean yells, Sam, over and over. Anna walks over to Mary and says, I'm really sorry. Then John is there. He says, Anna... She stares at him and says, Michael. Michael puts his hand on her shoulder and she burns from the inside out until she's all crispy. I mean, it was <laughs> kind of satisfying, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she turned into just ash. She just like kind of starts to ash flake away. Yeah. Yeah, it was satisfying. She got we, super smited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She didn't make it. <laughs> uh, Uriel says, Michael, I didn't know. Michael says, goodbye, Uriel. He snaps his fingers and Uriel disappears. Mary asks, what did you do to John? Michael says, John is fine. Mary says, who, what are you? Michael says, shh. He touches her temple and she passes out. Dean hobbles over and Michael says, well, I'd say this conversation is long overdue, wouldn't you? Dean Mm -hmm. says, fix him. John says, first we talk, then I fix your darling little Sammy. Dean says, how did you get in my dad anyway? Michael says, I told him that I could save his wife, and he said yes. Dean says, I guess they oversold me being your one and only vessel. Michael says, you are my true vessel, but not my only one. Dean says, what's that supposed to mean? Michael says, it's a bloodline, stretching back to Cain and Abel. It's in your blood, your father's blood, your family's blood. Dean says, awesome. Six degrees of heaven bacon. (laughs) What do you want with me? Michael says, you really don't know the answer to that? Dean says, well, you know I'm not going to say yes, so why are you even here? What do you want with me? Michael says, I just want you to understand what you and I have to do. Dean says, oh, I get it. You got your beef with your brother. Well, get some therapy, pal. Don't take it out on my planet. (laughs) I like that line. Get some therapy. (laughs) Like, figure it out, man. I know. Steve's kind of talking over here. I hope he's not being too loud. Oh, I can't hear him. Okay. (laughs) Michael says, you're wrong. Lucifer defied our father, and he betrayed me. But still, I don't want this any more than you would want to kill Sam. You know, my brother. I practically raised him. I took care of him in a way most people could never understand, and I still love him. But I am going to kill him because it's right, and I have to. Because it is right, and I have to. Dean says, oh, because God says so? Michael says, yes. From the beginning, he knew this was how it was going to end. Dean says, and you're just going to do whatever God says. Michael says, yes, because I am a good son. Dean says, okay, well, trust me, pal. Take it from someone who knows. That is a dead-end street. Michael says, and you think you know better than my father? One unimportant little man? What makes you think you get to choose? Dean says, because I got to believe that I can choose what I do with my unimportant little life. Michael says, you're wrong. You know how I know? Think of a million random acts of of chance that let John and Mary be born, to meet, to fall in love, to have the two of you. Think of the million random choices that you make and yet how each and every one of them brings you closer to your destiny. Do you know why that is? Because it's not random. It's not chance. It's a plan that is playing itself out perfectly. Free will is an illusion, Dean. That's why you're going to say yes. Oh, buck up. It could be worse. You know, unlike my brothers, I won't leave you a drooling mess when I'm done wearing you. I hate how smug they all are. I know. When I'm done wearing you. I know. When Jeez. we're done at prom night, then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Dean says, well, what about my dad? 
Michael says, better than new. In fact, I'm going to do your mom and your dad a favor. Dean says, what? Michael says, scrub their minds. They won't remember me or you. Dean says, you can't do that. Michael says, I'm just giving your mother what she wants. She can go back to her husband, her family. Dean says, she's going to walk right into that nursery. Michael says, obviously. And you always knew that was going to play out one way or another. You can't fight City Hall. Michael goes over to Sam and touches his head. Sam disappears. Michael says, he's home, safe and sound. Your turn. I'll see you soon, Dean. Michael touches his head and Dean teleports. So we cut to Sam and Dean in the motel room. Suddenly, Castiel is there. He collapses and the boys catch him. Dean says, you son of a bitch, you made it. Cass looks at his hand and says, I did? I'm very surprised. <laughs> and then he... And then, I love it. And then he passes, I know, I love it too. He's adorable. <laughs> and then he passes out and the boys put him on the bed. Dean says, well, I could use that drink now. So they start drinking. Dean says, well, this is it. Sam says, this is what? Dean says, team free will. One ex-blood junkie, one dropout with six bucks to his name, and Mr. Comatose over there. It's awesome. Sam says, it's not funny. Dean says, I'm not laughing. Sam says, they all say we'll say yes. Dean says, I know, it's getting annoying. Sam says, what if they're right? Dean says, they're not. Sam says, I mean, why would we? Either of us. But I've been weak before. Michael got dad to say yes. Dean says, that was different. Anna was about to kill mom. Sam says, and if you could save mom, what would you say? So we cut back to the 70s. John is standing in a nursery with a very pregnant Mary. John says, where'd you even get it? Mary says, garage sale, 25 cents. John says, well, I'm glad to hear that anyway. I mean, you really don't think it's just a little cheesy? Mary says, I think it's sweet. Can't even put my finger on why I like it. I just <laughs> like it. John says, well, then I love it. And we see that they're talking about an angel figurine. John and Mary kiss. John leaves the room and Mary says, oh, quite a kick there. Troublemaker already. It's okay, baby. It's all okay. Angels are watching over you. And credits. Okay, so my thoughts on this episode. Um, I don't, has Sam, like, obviously Sam has seen pictures of Mary, but this is the first time that he's, like, come face to face with her, right? Well, he did come face to face with her, like, spirit in that one episode where she's, like, with that poltergeist in their home Oh, yeah. But that was her Mm -hmm. spirit, so... Yeah. 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 So I guess he has, and he did kind of have the same reaction then, you know, like he was very like (laughs) teary, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think so. I mean, understandable, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was like, it seems to like, I was thinking in my head that he had seen her before, but this is the first time he's like actually met her. Yes. So that was kind of. I liked I liked that part of it um also okay it really irritated me when John just left and was like I'll be back in 15 minutes not like hey I'm going somewhere like this is where I'm going I'll be back in 15 minutes you know because like what if something happens to him because clearly something did right and nobody even knows where to look like how far can you get in 15 minutes it's like we just got to search this whole radius you know instead of going straight to the source yeah it's like Really? <laughs> yeah, and just leaving without saying goodbye. Like, even if you're on a time crunch, that's weird. Yeah, I think that's like, weird. I mean, 
it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, like just say something like literally anything, anything. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be like, bye. Like I'll be back or something like that. Instead of just like, Oh, she's just going to look around the house for me and I'm not going to be there. And then if she happens to come across the note that I wrote, that doesn't even say anything other than I'll be back in 15 minutes. Like, no, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. Agreed. Like, Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed. Granted, it's a little different now because you can like send a text or whatever, but like, right. Still, that's your version of a text. Say, I'm going over here. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Like, yeah. how hard is it? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but that that definitely kind of rubbed my fur the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay. Also, something about tomato rice soup just kind of like. Does that sound like something that would be good to you? The tomato soup part does not sound good for an upset stomach. No, it's so acidic. Right. Like, and I don't know if it was necessarily for an upset stomach or was it just It was just when you're sick, but, you know, still. Yeah. It's an interesting choice. Also, I've never had tomato rice soup, so. No. It doesn't sound good. Like, I'm guessing that there's not, like, extra ingredients. And there might be. It might be some sort of, like mod podge of like different things all thrown in there but it's mostly tomato and rice or something but like to me I just think of like condensed Campbell's tomato soup with rice in it with rice in it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I'm kind of like yeah it doesn't sound good (laughs) I mean the rice would help soak up acid and that sort of stuff in your stomach if it was a stomach issue but like the tomato isn't gonna help with it yeah so, yeah, it's an interesting choice for sure. I don't know, but I kind of want to try it. Oh God, I don't. I love tomato soup. I'm like a big tomato soup fan. Oh yeah, but... I love tomato soup too. Okay, here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen. Next time you come over, we're going to make some tomato rice soup and we're going to see if we can find a recipe for okay. it online. Like that's like legit tomato rice soup, not just like condensed tomato soup with like <laughs> okay water or milk and then rice. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see if we can find something that's actually like looks decent and we're going to make it. Okay. I'm and down. we're going to see how tomato soup and rice goes together. Okay. And we'll see how much acid reflux it gives me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be like this definitely wouldn't help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll judge it. It'll yeah. be fine. Full on judge it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, also, okay. I think it's kind of like, I never remember, they kind of, like, talk about Sam and Dean's lineage more in this episode than they do in other episodes, mm-hmm. and I didn't remember, like, you would think that, because this is, like, a fairly information-packed episode, like, you would think that I would have remembered that, <laughs> because no, maybe not. Is, I mean, maybe not, but it is such, like, I don't know relevant information for like everything else (laughs) yeah but I thought it was kind of cool that like Sam and Dean are like direct descendants of Cain and Abel which is like the two main conflict you know people yeah from the beginning you know like it's like Cain and Abel the whole like murder situation and they you know they don't get along and all that you know and Mm -hmm. it's like oh well Sam and Dean are direct descendants and then you tie in the Michael and Lucifer thing and it's like okay so it's like you get the Michael and Lucifer there's so many Michael and Lucifer and Sam and Dean similarities right like 
it's ridiculous. It's like, you know, you both have this sort of upbringing and this, you know, different, like, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, I didn't, I knew that there were similarities before, but this one, like, just the way that they gave the information, I was like, oh, they are really the same, aren't they? You know? Yeah, yeah, it was cool how they tied it all together like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, there's that. Like, also, so, would thing, do you think things would have happened the same way if, you know, if Sam and Dean never existed, right? So Yellow Eyes is still looking for his, like, you know, army and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. if Sam and Dean didn't exist, which is that Michael Lucifer link, do you think that the whole, like, Yellow Eyes, that sort of thing would have been an issue? Yeah, well, he's, he's the one who set up all the all the kids. Yeah. To possibly, and his, his main goal is to have a vessel for Lucifer. Yeah, so, but I'm saying because the, Sam and Dean are the only ones that are the true vessels. Right. Like, do you think things would have happened the same way, or would he have just lined up a bunch of kids and let Lucifer hop from vessel to vessel and just burn them out as he goes? Oh, you know? I see what you're saying. Probably, yeah. Well, he wanted one specific winner. I know he wanted it to be Sam, but it sounded like he wanted all those kids to kill each other and just have one winner. Yeah. Right. So maybe not hop from vessel to vessel. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know if he, like, I don't know if he wanted the one winner because he knew that it was going to be Sam. And so he was like testing Sam to get him ready by killing all these other people, Mm -hmm. you know, because since he is the only true vessel or whatever, like, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's kind of interesting to think like how they would have. Well, I, I have an answer for you, but it's a huge spoiler. So I, I can't. Yeah. 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to do the whole spoiler thing, you know? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. (laughs) That is an interesting question though. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like an interesting thought to go like to run down that like, Oh, you know, if they didn't exist, then would this have happened the same way or would this have happened the same way? You know, whatever. Yeah, I and mean, I wonder. Story, I wonder so if they didn't exist. Happened. I wonder if they didn't exist, then there would be a different true vessel. It's possible. You know, but it would have to come from that lineage. So, but but there's a lot of people that would come from that lineage. Yeah, you know? so it might have just happened like a couple of generations before that. Then, you yeah, know? like mm-hmm. it might have been somebody else. So right. Um. Also, that was a really quick turnaround for John. You know, like when they're like this is what's happening just so you know. And he's like, okay, count me in. Like, <laughs> yeah, he kind of seemed like he would be more, um, Disbelieving? resistant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, so it really doesn't take that much to flip into the dark side. You know? <laughs> oh like, yeah. He was, he was down. I mean, he had a moment when they were in the car where he was like monsters and you hunt them. Like, <laughs> What? What? But he came to terms with it really quickly. And he, I mean, he did. obviously, if you're stuck in that situation where those things are currently happening, it's like a little easier to explain like, this is why it's happening rather than just, oh, these things exist. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, those, I had a few thoughts, Yeah. <laughs> but I gotta was... say, I loved John being possessed by Michael. I really loved that. It's yeah. not like a favorite moment or anything, but I just, I really like how that played out. Yeah. He did, yeah, the actor did a, the actor did a great good. job. I really truly believed that it was Michael. Yeah. You know what I mean? Matt did a good job of the, you know, switching around personality mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your favorite moment then? 
Um, I have two favorite moments. One was yeah. when um, when Sam was like staring staring at young Mary because and, and like almost oh. crying, mm-hmm. and she was like staring at him like you're creeping me the fuck what are you out, dude. Looking at dude. Yeah, why are you looking at me and almost crying? And it was just yeah. such a like it was so like sweet to see Sam reacting that way, but it was also so like the most awkward, cringy thing ever because yeah. Mary is getting so creeped out by it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, I liked that. I, I liked the duality there. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. And then um, at, my other favorite moment was at the beginning where Dean is dreaming and he's got the strippers dancing for him. And then all of a sudden Anna's there <laughs> and, oh, yeah. he, and she's like, Hello. <laughs> she's like, this is what you dream about. And he's like awkward. He, he like looks down at his boner and is like, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that, that glance. Yeah, he did. He like looks oh. down at his lap and he's like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't catch that. That's what was happening. I just, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. It's pretty That's great. Even better. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What was your favorite moment? Um, so both of mine are cast moments. Okay. One is where Cass is like, Sam is my friend, you know, like leave him alone, you know. Oh, that was it's so like, sweet. Oh, he loves him. You know? Yeah, yes, yeah. Sam is my friend. I love yeah. it. I love it. And yeah, and then the other one was when Cass is like, I don't understand that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's, I mean, that, to be fair, that's, like, a really, like, popular cast moment, so right. it kind of seems cheap to use that as a favorite moment, but also, like, he's just so oblivious, and it, I feel like it sums him up so well, you know? Just yeah. Like, I don't understand, you know? Like, yeah. What's, what's going on right The now? way he said it, too, he was like, I don't understand that reference, where he's like, come on, you guys, you <laughs> know that I don't get this out. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. But yeah, that, those are, those are my favorite. I like the awkward cast moments, you know, like they're, they're funny. They're funny. You know, he just truly doesn't get it. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and the social awkwardness is and just the awkwardness in general is pretty fun. So it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't get the sense that other angels are that way. Have you noticed? No. <laughs> He's like the poor sheltered child that's been living under a rock this whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like at first you're like, oh, that's all angels. But then you meet, spend a little bit of time with other ones and you're like, nope, Cass is just different. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh, they're just like awkward people, things that, you know, don't get things because they haven't been around and mm-hmm. Ka- but that's the thing is that like Cass has been on earth it's not like he's never been there before but he exactly. still like doesn't get it you know yeah but for him it's more of like the culture references that's which right. I mean this isn't really giving anything away necessarily but like he hasn't been on earth in a long time like he's already kind of we already kind of went through that like we don't know the details yet but like he hasn't been on earth in a while so like yeah he's not going to get this you know social references of now you know if you were to take somebody from you know the 1800s and just pop them into today's time they would be so lost and confused oh my god yeah (laughs) it would be a lot of I don't get it you know (laughs) help me but it's true. You see, I'm not going to tell you who, because that's a spoiler, but you see a character um, kind of come back to life in a later season um, who missed all the current day technology. And that person's mm-hmm. like, what the hell is a computer? Yeah. Like, you know, what is this 
box thing in your hand that's making weird sounds, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. A phone? What's a phone, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that, I, I kind of liked those moments. It was like, oh, and that wasn't even that long. I think the person had only been gone for 20, 20 years, years or something, or yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah, probably like 20, 25 years. Yeah. I think at that, that point. That sounds right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That, those are those are kind of funny though. It's like, mm-hmm. um, what is that? You know? <laughs> yeah, what is that like? That would be so weird to come yeah. back to. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it though, like our our generation, like the millennials, we kind of grew. Like we've seen a lot of change in the last. Like when I grew up, we had computers, but they were huge. There was no laptops. You know, there wasn't really cell phones. Right. The ones that you had were massive, you know, and so like to go from like growing up and it's like, yeah, our version of computer was playing solitaire, spider solitaire, pinball and minesweeper, you know, like (laughs) that's totally true. Yeah, that was it, you know, where now like there's like online gaming and all that sort of stuff. And like, you know, you've got the high speed laptops, you've got the smartphones and all these different things where like before it was like, you got the landline and if it's got a cord that really sucks because then you're stuck, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Like, the cool thing was to have a wireless landline. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think I didn't send my first text message until I was, like, I can't remember if I was 23 or 24. But, like. Yeah. That's, like, that's not that long. Okay. Well, I mean, it is kind of a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, I think the first. When did I first send a text message? I think I probably. So, I got my first phone in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. which would have been, so I graduated in 2010, so eighth grade would have been, like, 2005-ish? Right. Ish? Yeah. So, but that was, like, you had just, like, you could get unlimited texting if you wanted to, but most of it was, like, it's going to be 10 cents a text message, and, you know, if you want to call, it's going to be this, you know, and I remember it's, like, if you call after 9 o'clock, then it's free, you know, like, right, yeah. you know, instead of, like, just call whenever you want, it's, like, you yeah. have to wait to a certain time if you want to talk on the phone for a long time, or else you're going to rack up your minutes, and you're going to have an awful bill. <laughs> yeah, right, or, like, if you accidentally connected to the internet. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Like, good luck with that. Right. <laughs> Back when the internet had a dial tone. <laughs> I know it. Oh, my God. That was the worst. The DSL. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Listen, kids these days have it so easy. I know, right? As far as technology goes, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> they just know how to deal with that stuff. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm okay at it because I kind of, like, grew up and, like, aged with the process. Mm-hmm. But, like still there's four-year-olds and five-year-olds that I know that know how to work tablets and that sort of stuff better than I do. It's (laughs) totally true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, so our interesting facts, speaking of interesting, (laughs) (laughs) that was a horrible transition, but we're going to go with it. (laughs) Oh, speaking of transitions real quick. Um, Uh I think that we recorded the first half of this episode on Skype. I'm I think almost we did positive. it on Zoom, didn't we? I don't think so. I, I, oh. Maybe I'm wrong, but we I think we recorded it on Skype, 
and this is on zoom so it's possible that the sound quality changed drastically so oh yeah if it did yeah we're aware of it we're sorry (laughs) Um, we are transitioning to doing all of our podcasting on zoom instead of skype because it's less of an asshole yes so yeah skype's a jerk (laughs) yep yep so if it sounds different that's why yeah and in episode nine of this season the first half got deleted by Skype, so we had to redo it with Zoom, and mm-hmm. then we went from, and then we went back to Skype halfway, and then so like from the second half of episode nine until this episode halfway through is all going to be Skype, and then I think from here on out it should all be Zoom, so yeah after this it should all be consistent (laughs) yeah so we're just kind of all over the place so we're sorry about that but we're trying to figure out what what sounds best for your better better quality I just said belly quality belly quality (laughs) I have none of that (laughs) I don't even know what that means (laughs) I I don't either (laughs) but yes so hopefully it should be a little more consistent now but Mm -hmm. um what was it? Oh yeah. Interesting facts. Um, I was like, what was I even doing? I don't know. Um, so it says the episode in which Jensen Ackles first appears in Dawson's Creek is also called the song remains the same, which is season six, episode two. Um, the episode is named after a song by Led Zeppelin. Um, Dean says, awesome. Six degrees of heaven bacon. (laughs) He's referring to the game based on the premise that any two people on earth are separated by no more than six acquaintances from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And six degrees of Kevin Bacon players compete to find the shortest number of links between the role of any actor and those of Kevin Bacon, who is a very busy actor. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I never heard of, but that's kind of, are you kidding? Drive you mad trying to make connections all over the place. Oh yeah. Wow. You've never played that game. I didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, I mean, I guess it was a long ass time ago that that was a game. I don't even know so. if I could tell you who Kevin Bacon is. Oh my God. Footloose. Oh, like the original. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that once, but I don't totally okay, remember. So just the main guy. He's also in, um, like tremors and he's in a million things but those are some of his like classic classic, yeah like early works yeah I might like I might know stuff that he's been in like if I were to like look him up on IMDb or something and like look at his you know, list of things that I might, I've probably seen him before, but he doesn't like ring any bells necessarily, you know? I think you'd recognize him if you saw him. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Footloose, so I think like uh, there's like a vague picture in my memory of like what he looks like at yeah. least. But yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So it says this is the first appearance of Michael in a vessel. Um, it says, Dean says, so she's gone all Glenn Close. Uh, he's referring to the actress's role as a psychotic spurned lover in the thriller Fatal Attraction from 1987. Um, season four, episode three, in the beginning, also has a DeLorean reference when Castiel brings Dean back in time to April 30th, 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, while in the convenience store, Sammy rips out a page of the phone book to find uh, someone's address the same way Marty McFly does in Back to the Future, which... I've seen like once a long time ago, so don't really remember. Oh yeah, same here. Same here. (laughs) I remember more the one that had the train, like when they're in the Wild West, which I think is like the third one. Oh, there's more than one? Oh yeah. Oh. (laughs) 
There's definitely Tell three. How much I know. Yeah. So I, I remember the Wild West one more, probably because I was a little older when I saw it. Yeah. But but I don't have much yeah going on. Yeah. That no, area. I have no yeah. Idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wait, where am I? Oh, it says most of the episode takes place in the past in 1978, which is uh, Jensen Ackles was actually born in the same year. Um, so he's got the same birthday year as Dean does. Oh, okay. Um, which I think they kept both of them the same way, right? Because Jared sure. is a little bit younger than Jensen, and I think they did keep their actual birthday years for both of them, didn't they? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I don't know. I've never heard that before. So I'd like, this is the first I'm hearing about like Jensen and Dean being born in the same year, making them effectively the same age. I mean, I feel like I just, for some, like, I feel like I heard somewhere that like they actually casted them when, and they were the same age as the, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea why that sounds familiar to me, but it like makes sense in my mind for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, um, it says this episode contains a couple of references about the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, it says this is the first time Sam uses an angel banishing banishing sigil. That's hard to say. It is hard to say. <laughs> it says while he may have remembered it from season five, episode one, or season four, episode ten, it's very likely that Dean would have taught Sam how to create and use one. Yeah. Um, it says, Dean calls himself Sam and Castiel, uh, Team Free Will, for the first time. Uh, the slogan has become popular in the fandom, which, I mean, yeah. There's, like, Team Free Will, Team Free Will 2.0, Team Free Will. Is there a 3.0? I think it's just I don't, 2.0. I don't think so. I think it's just 2.0. Yeah. Because yeah. there's another, an, another, <laughs> there's another <laughs> reference in, like, one of the is it like season 14 or 15 where yeah. he said he's actually says like team free will 2.0 or something like that. That's right. Um, it says when Sam and Dean land in 1978, they're almost struck by two cars. Uh, one driver yells at them to get out of the street. The scene and their reactions to the situation are almost identical to Marty McFly's um, in back to the future. Oh, okay. So. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah <laughs> you're asking the wrong person <laughs> I really like I have no idea yeah um so our research from this week um is for time travel so we did talk about John Titer before we we mentioned him we didn't we haven't like done anything specifically on him but we did mention him in the past episode with something to do with like time travel I, I don't remember that's which right one yeah it was, I, but yeah this is more information about him. Um, him specifically, that's right. Specifically, yeah. So, um, and this is off of Ranker because, you know. <laughs> because we love our Ranker. We should, like, seriously, we should, like, get them to sponsor us somehow. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, we read all of your articles, just, hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> but, yeah, so it says 15 details about John Titer, a supposedly legitimate time traveler. Um, it says one of the greatest time travel mysteries of the modern era is that of John Titer, a real life time traveler who may or may not have existed. His story is one that could have only existed in the early days of the internet before everyone could be Googled in a matter of seconds. <laughs> uh, the saga of John Titer may be the greatest hoax ever, but, of, um, but out of various time travel stories, Titer's contain some eerily realistic elements so much that it may make you question your beliefs about time travel in the multiverse. 
is time travel real? Um, people have been asking that question since before H.G. Wells published The Time Machine in 1895. Um, but real time travelers, if they exist, rarely make themselves known. That's why John Titor is such, of a, uh, such a special case. The only tangible proof that exists outside of John Titor's mes message board posts are time traveler photos. Um, if, you've, if you've never read about the time-hopping mystery of John Titor and his 67 Corvette, this is a perfect primer to get you ready to fall down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Titor's story has twists and turns that rival any John Grisham novel, and once you learn about the man who drove through time to the Gulf Coast, you'll want to know more about this guy who apparently just wanted to save the world. Um, so it says, who is John Titor? Um, in the early days of the web, an internet user calling themselves time travel underscore zero uh, began posting on the message boards of the Time Travel Institute. Um, over the course of multiple posts, um, the, the user revealed he was a soldier from the year 2036 and he was trying to warn people about oncoming civil and nuclear wars that would supposedly cost millions of lives. In 2001, uh, the user joined the forums of Art Bell and began using the name John Titer. Um, Bell hosted a paranormal radio show called Coast to Coast AM, on which he had read several faxes reportedly sent by Titer. Um, it says, why did he travel back in time? According to Titer, he was sent back in time to pick up an IBM 5100, uh, which his grandfather had helped design. Supposedly, he needed this model, one of the first portable personal computers, to correct predicted issues with Unix in his timeline. After acquiring the computer, he stopped in the year 2000 for personal reasons and had to warn people about the threat of, oh, how am I going to, Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease, um, which would be yeah. spread through beef products. Yeah, that's um, like, I think that's, I think that's mad cow, isn't it? I have no idea. I think it is. It's very possible. Yeah. Yeah, it would make it sense. Is. Yeah, it sounds very familiar. I think it's like Kretzfeld. I think it's how you say it. Oh, um, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I've I'm never pretty heard. sure. I'm pretty sure that's Mad Cow. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Um. It's always it's always sad when your food tries to eat you back. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Pineapple. Jeez. I know. Pineapple. Gosh, it's so good, but it literally tries to dissolve you as you're eating it. Like, yeah, I don't appreciate that. Pineapple. Dirty rats. <laughs> I know. So I, Only I didn't love you so much. <laughs> I know, right? Like I will let it dissolve my mouth. Like yep. <laughs> I'm going to eat that pineapple. <laughs> it says, um, how does the IBM 5100 play into this? It says, one of the oddest parts about the John Titer story is the part played by the IBM 5100. Why would someone from the future need such an old computer? In 1975, IBM released the 5100 as the, one of the world's first personal computers, and it came with one feature that set it apart from other computers of the time. It could debug and emulate code written in other programming languages, such as BASIC and APL, which I know nothing about computer programming. Yeah, so I don't for know the what people that, that know that, probably interesting to you but it doesn't mean anything to me yep. um, it says according to Titer, this feature would allow people of the future to keep their technological architecture running after a unix timeout error in 2038 he said he wanted to snag a 5100 and help debug the code that would keep the world's computers from having a meltdown <laughs> collective tantrum yeah <laughs> uh it says, what, what kind of time machine did he use? And it says, if Titer was indeed a time traveler, what did he use to jump through space? A DeLorean? A TARDIS? Wormhole technology? <laughs> Not exactly. 
In one of his posts, Tider explained that he used a stationary mass temporal displacement unit um, powered by two top spin dual positive singularities, which created a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. Well, obviously. I mean, clearly, <laughs> as you do. I mean, if you don't have a TARDIS, that's the next thing you do. Yeah, what, why, like, uh, why are we even questioning this? Like, clearly, this is what you got to do. <laughs> right. Isn't a singularity a black hole? No, I don't know. <laughs> that's what I always thought it was. I don't think so. Powered by two top spin dual positive singularities. I, it's some sort of machine. I didn't, like, from the context, it doesn't, it seems like a machine of some variety. I was always under the impression that in like sci-fi stuff, a singularity is what is another word for black hole, but that doesn't have to be true at all because. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what I, that's, that's what I always thought. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe um, somebody out there knows the answer to this question. What is a singularity? I'm asking you guys at home instead of my phone. <laughs> for one. If you know these things. You should email us. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it says, um, all of that tech was supposedly crammed. So it is a tech something. It says, all of that tech was supposedly crammed into a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette, um, though he reportedly changed vehicles a few times. Um, it's amazing that he had a 67 Corvette in 2036. <laughs> that is amazing. That's hmm. an old car. <laughs> yeah. But let's be real. 67 Impalas are going to be around forever. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. So we'll see. And I mean, that's only 16 years from now. Like I'm pretty sure that there's still going to be at least a few Impalas, so it's not going to be impossible to find a Corvette, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, it says, Tider posed multiple photographs of a manual for the machine, which contained detailed diagrams, and he even posted pictures of the timey-wimey device itself. <laughs> That's a Doctor Who reference. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay. <laughs> One day you'll watch it and you'll understand. And I'll be like, hey, remember that moment on our podcast when you said timey wimey? And I was like, yo, bitch, that's a Doctor Who reference. <laughs> You're going to remember. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, what is it, two episodes now? Yeah. Three, I think you've two? seen three. three. It hasn't quite gotten good yet. It takes a little bit to like get good. Yeah. 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 I don't. I honestly don't remember a whole heck of a lot of it. Oh, yeah, you'd probably, at this point, because that was years ago at this point, you'd have to rewatch it. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was. <laughs> it was within, like, the last year, I think. Mm, okay. Maybe you're right. My brain doesn't think so, but it could be. I mean, I don't know. I could totally be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, eh. It just seems like it was somewhat, like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but, you know. Um... Where am I? Oh, so, timey okay. wimey. Yes. <laughs> I found the words timey wimey and I'm going from there. <laughs> it says one, one man reportedly tried to patent the technology and cash in on the future discovery, which likely did not help his case during the trial for sexual assault in 2013. Oh my. <laughs> um, it says um, grandfathers and computers and paradoxes. Oh my. <laughs> That's that's definitely for almost said Lord of the Rings. Oh <laughs> no! <Wizard> of Oz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
It says many commenters following Titer's story worried that if he was telling the truth, talking about it so publicly would create a paradox where his future never happened. Um, but according to Titer, that wasn't possible. He claimed that the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics or um, the many worlds theory ensured that his travels did not create a paradox. Um, that's because simply by stopping and interacting with the past at all, he had created a new world line, a, a, little, a divergence <laughs> that sets his timeline on a new path, preserving the old one. Mm -hmm. uh, this also might explain why so few of his predictions have come to pass. Um, it says, Titer weren't, all of a sudden I'm struggling. It's okay. <laughs> Titer warns of World War Three. Um, it says, in his short time on the internet, Titer made a series of interesting predictions that have been, uh, that have seen mixed accuracy. Um, one of his early messages warned of a Y2K disaster that would leave the U.S. in a state of martial law. Um, okay, though, so, fun fact, with all that's going on in the world right now, um, there's, uh, I saw something that said, you know, because everybody's, like, talking about, I mean, this isn't Y2K, but you know how everybody was, this just reminded me of it, saying that the world was going to end in 2012? Right. That actually the calculations were wrong and they were, there's like eight years that didn't quite get calculated correctly. So like technically instead of 2012, it should be 2020 when the world was going to end and now everything's going to hell. I was going to so, say that explains a lot. <laughs> take that as you will. <laughs> uh, we are not making light of the situation in the world right now. No, we're not, but it's kind of interesting, you know, oh, they're like, God, oh, yeah. by the way, you know, like, they actually didn't calculate this correctly, and so now they're saying it should be 2020 instead of 2012, and it's like, well, look at what we're dealing with right yeah, now. Yeah, so that's bananas, okay. It is interesting. Yeah. I don't necessarily think the world is coming to an end, but we're definitely going through a lot of crap right now, just like oh, all geez. the way around, you know, yeah. all the different things are happening, and mm -hmm. it's, none of it is good. Um. I forgot where I was. Oh, okay. It says his most dire warning was of a second American civil war that would begin in 2004. Um, that turned out to be untrue, but his claim about the occurrence of a Waco type event every month feature or referring to the 1993 siege in Waco, Texas was not entirely inaccurate. If you add up worldwide incidents of violence, mm -hmm. um, he went on to say that by 2008, the world as we knew it would have, or will have disappeared and that the U S would split into multiple sovereign nations, which hasn't happened. Mm. <laughs> um, although Texas does seem to think that they're their own country. <laughs> from what uh, I've gathered, I've never actually been to Texas, but I've heard that from a lot of people, which, I mean, whatever, they're a big state. They got their own things going on. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it says he also predicted a short but intense World War III. Um, it says Titer technically predicted the Iraq war. Um, it says Titer reportedly predicted the Iraq war. The strangest thing is that he specifically mentioned weapons of mass destruction and the deception surrounding them before they were brought to national attention. Uh, Titer allegedly wrote, none of the things I have said will be a surprise. They were set in motion 10, 20, even 30 years ago. Are you really surprised to find out that Iraq has nukes now or is it, or is that just BS to whip everyone up into accepting the next war? Um, it's entirely possible that this prediction was nothing more than someone with the foresight to take contemporary views on foreign policy to the logical extreme, but can we truly be certain? Hmm. Um, it says, he said the Olympics were going to be canceled. 
Um, Titer wrote a post claiming that due to worldwide conflict, the final Olympics would take place in 2004. So that prediction was kind of a dud, but important to note that Titer was all over the place when discussing the future. This could mean he was perpetrating an elaborate hoax, but it could also mean the Olympics didn't happen in his timeline while they continue to thrive in ours. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some harsh news for modern Americans. It says one of the many hot takes Titer brought back uh, from the future was how people in his time viewed Americans from the past. And it wasn't flattering. <laughs> he wrote in a post from 2000, um, perhaps I should let you all in on a little secret. No one likes you in the future. This time period is looked at as being full of lazy, self-centered, civically ignorant sheep. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> Wow. Uh, perhaps you should be less concerned about me and more concerned about that. Learn basic sanitation, <laughs> learn to shoot and clean a gun. <laughs> Consider what you would bring with you if you had to leave your home in 10 minutes and never return. I mean, learn basic sanitation. Oh, Coronavirus, yeah. folks. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so wash your freaking hands. It's not that hard. Like, seriously, if you go to the bathroom, it doesn't matter if you don't touch anything, quote unquote, just wash your freaking hands. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> I know. Um, Anyways, <laughs> it says, what's life like in the future? It says, after Titer had begun building a, bu- building a bit of following, um, people wanted to know what life was like in the future. Titer happily obliged, explaining that, for one, the internet was still up and running. <laughs> he That's continued, cool. I know, right? He continued describing the world of tomorrow as follows. Life is centered on the family and then the community. I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. There is no large industrial complex creating masses of useless food and recreational items. Food and livestock is grown and sold locally. People spend much more time reading and talking to each other face to face. Religion is taken seriously and everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. <laughs> okay, it sounds like he's talking about like the past, not the future. Let's be Yeah. Honest. Yeah. Like, That's true. Can we go back to that? Possible, especially after all this coronavirus stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um it says, was Titer really a, tri- a time traveler? Oh boy, English, I can speak it. Um, it says, obviously the biggest question about John Titer is that if, is if he was a, oh God, is if he was really a time traveler or if the whole thing was an elaborate hoax. Uh, many of Titer's claims may have been inaccurate, but some of his information was close enough that many took him seriously. But you can't just show up on the internet claiming to be a time traveler without people being skeptical. Uh, John Houston, a guy who runs the website Hoax Hunter, believes that Lawrence Haber may be behind Titer, may be behind the Titer story. Um, Lawrence Haber, a lawyer from Florida, is the CEO of the John Titer Foundation. Uh, several other connections exist, but the evidence uh, was not entirely conclusive. Another theory is that Titer was actually Oliver Williams, the creator of fan website JohnTitor.com. Uh, the world may never know the truth. Hmm. It says. How did Titer get around his claims not coming true? It says the biggest wrench in the years of Titer's claims is that the fact that none of them really came true. Um, several things he said came close to coming true or historical events past that shared similarities with his claims, but that's not really the same thing. Uh, Titer claimed that the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics might explain this and he created a new timeline the moment he began interacting with the past. Um, another early claim of Titer's was that um, CERN, would discover time travel or, um, or the basis of time travel in 2001. According to public knowledge, this didn't occur. However, CERN did discover the Higgs boson in 2012. Um, what if the discovery ends up being the basis for time travel technology? Mm-hmm. Um, it says, 
some tighter truthers believe that a lot of work went into the alleged hoax. Um, it says one of the theories behind um, the John Titer story is what is that whoever posted as Titer was also posting under 88 different aliases in order to make Titer's posts more believable. Um, some of the posts gave positive reinforcement to Titer's story, while others were seemingly suspicious of Titer's claims. Uh, the theory states that Titer wanted to appear more credible, so he crafted specific questions he knew he could answer. Um, the John Titer Foundation, if you do a cursory amount of digging into John into the John Titer story, you'll discover something called the John Titer Foundation, a mysterious web uh, 1.0 site that features a collection of dates and times along with the phrase 177 Tempest Edax Rerum. Good luck, John. <laughs> it says, what's up with that? The foundation was allegedly set up by Larry Haber, a lawyer who lives in Florida. Um, before it was just a lonely web page, the John Titer Foundation self-published John Titer, A Time Traveler's Tale, the compilation of online posts allegedly made by Titer so you can still, or that you can still find on Amazon for over $100 a copy. Holy crap. Ugh. <laughs> like, just look it up online. Yeah. If it's online, why would you spend $100 for that? I mean, I guess the people that are really into it, but. Yeah, wow. Um, it says, what does Larry Haber have to do with John Titer? It says, aside from the time, from all the time travel, one of the most confusing things about the John Titer story is Larry Haber, Haber bleh, the entertainment lawyer who's allegedly, or who allegedly represents Kay Titer, a woman believed to be the mother of John. Um, supposedly a group of amateur private detectives managed to interview Haber. Um, he spoke at length about Titer's mother and about a video that allegedly shows Titer leaving his time machine. Um, apparently after the interview, Haber asked for his comments to be deleted. Uh, the main theory about Haber is that although he may not be John Titer, his brother or his son could be. Um, his brother is a computer scientist and his son is allegedly connected to projects with um, the NSA, the US Air Force and NASA. Um, when amateur detectives asked Haber whether or not his son could be John Titer, he said that he wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. So, huh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Like there's all sorts of speculations going around. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, yeah. It's kind of fun though. Like, I don't know. Like, do you think time travel could be a possibility? In the future, obviously, it's not right now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think. Know of. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I want I to be an X Files fan. I'm just gonna say I want to believe. Yeah. So. I. I think that time travel. I don't know if I think that it could be a thing, just based off of how are you going to get your body, like your physical body, you know, from one time to another, you know, mm -hmm. without aging or you know I, I don't know it, it's just to me it's like the the physical aspect of it is hard to believe like yeah I don't know how they would do that so I don't know kind of interesting yeah I have no idea either like obviously I am not a scientist so there could be <laughs> ways to like <laughs> do that you know but they don't make sense in my mind. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I want to believe that it'll be possible one day. It'd be kind of cool. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. Here's the thing is, would you want to time travel? Because assuming that you could, you'd probably like <laughs> interrupt things and like, it'd be like the butterfly effect. The butterfly right? effect. Yeah. That, that so, fear would paralyze me. I think yeah, 
So I, I don't think I'd to. want to. Yeah. And I wouldn't want anybody else to, because it's like, okay, well, like if you go back and you do these things, like you are going to change the future, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it, it would be a total, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I wouldn't want the responsibility. Yeah. I God, wouldn't either. God, no. Yeah. I, like it would be kind of cool, but like, also what do I have? Like there would be a few things that I would change yeah, for same sure. Here. You know, yeah. like there would be some decisions that would be <laughs> undone. <laughs> like what, Rochelle? Huh? Like what, Rochelle? Oh, you know, like <laughs> just some certain people. <laughs> yes, I can agree sure. with that wholeheartedly. There are people that I would not have anything to do with. Yeah, especially get naked with, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I, there'd be a lot of things that I would be, I would want to change, but also because of the things that I went through, you know, or, you know, that have happened, I wouldn't like, that's what's made me be where I am right now. Exactly. Like if that, if certain things hadn't have happened, then my life would be completely different. So yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, there's give and take there, you know, like there's right. things that I would like to have avoided, but also at the same time, like I kind of like where I'm at right now. Yeah. So, same here. I have a pretty good life. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, well, it sucks, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with it for, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say I'm fine with it, but I, I like where I ended up. So. Yeah, exactly. Got to go through the things you went through. I know. Right. Speaking of things are, that yeah. we went through, <laughs> What's your intro to your husband moment? For this oh week? man. Okay. So <laughs> nice segue. I know. I tried. See, that was a lot better than the last one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> okay. So I got a new phone. Woohoo. And, Yay. um, and cause it had been like three years since I had gotten a phone yeah. and I do that stupid, stupid thing where, um, I keep, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Do I, it. Keep, I keep some passwords in my phone, mm-hmm. in, which is not what you're supposed to do. I don't keep all of my passwords, but I do keep a couple in my phone. Um, and I keep it on the Samsung notepad in case mm-hmm. anyone wants to steal my phone and find my passwords. Now I have to change this whole thing. Great. Well, so I don't know if they have this for Samsung's, but they have it for iPhones where you have, to, so there's like actually a passwords section in the settings that's like you know like in my old because I just got a new phone yesterday yeah (laughs) um in my old phone I had an iPhone 8 plus and so it still had the button so it had Mm -hmm. the fingerprint thing so like to get into it there was not like a password or anything that you put into it It had to be your fingerprint oh okay and I'm not sure if Samsung has a password section I'll have to look into that but now that I'm telling everybody this I'm totally taking all my passwords off my phone (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I just really didn't think that through, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So anyways, um, so I was told when I got my new phone that that wouldn't transfer over to my new notepad. So I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I can just manually enter it in. <laughs> so um, I open my notepad in my new phone and it's like, hey, do you want to sync your old notes? And I was like, holy shit. Fuck yes, yes, I, I do. do. <laughs> so I do it and it transfers over and I go in to add a new password, you know, one that I hadn't put in there yet. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know what I did. I hit, I hit some button and it literally deleted everything. No. Everything. And there was no like undo or like, here's your trash can. It was just gone. And I just felt so fucking stupid. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Mine did that though. Didn't I have that for an it didn't ask that moment? Not that long ago? Oh, I can't remember. Or was I just telling you about that? I think you might have just been telling me about that. I can't remember. Oh, because, like, yeah, I had to do, like, an update on my phone and, like, like a carrier update or whatever, and it mm-hmm. deleted all of my passwords that I had. So that's, oh, that's switching it all over to the, the iPhone, which I should have had it in to begin with, but I didn't know that that existed at the time that I had started the list, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So then I spent, <laughs> I spent, like a good amount of time, you know, re-entering my passwords in to my phone. And that's like the worst thing. Oh God. It took forever. I just felt so stupid. And then, um, I was telling Eric about it and he was like, you better put that down in your, it didn't ask, but ask, but notebook so that you can talk about it on the, on the show. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And he was like, are you sure you won't delete it? And I was like, you mother. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Too soon, dude. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks a freaking lot. You jerk. <laughs> yeah. It was also pretty cute though. But... Yeah. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was my moment. What was your rigid or aspect moment? <laughs> okay. So I'm not proud of mine, but I did it. So I'm going to say it because I'm all for whatever, you know, like, <laughs> I was an idiot and it was fine. So I decided, so I use, I think, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on here before. I use an epilator for my legs, yeah. which is basically like high power tweezers. So it's, it's different than waxing. So it's like, it's the same thing. You're pulling the hair out by the roots, but you're, you're just like kind of ripping them out one by one. So it's a little slower and painful waxing. It's a little painful, but I mean, after you do it a few times, the hair grows back a little thinner. So it's really not that bad. Yeah. Um, anybody who like waxes or does any of that sort of stuff, you know, like it's the same, like you rip out the hairs and they keep growing back finer and finer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so (laughs) I decided that I was going to try and epilate my armpits because way better than like, yeah, <laughs> your face. <laughs> Way that better. That sounds so painful. Uh, I'm like squeezing my arms together now. I know. Well, my arms to my body. Yeah, I discovered that. <laughs> oh god. But, so I was like, oh well, you know, because instead of having to like shave my armpits every day or every other day, like I could just rip them all out and have it last for you know a week or so. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, like this could be a thing. I feel like. If you're going, so folks, if you want to rip your armpit hairs out, I would do waxing rather than epilating. Oh my God. I mean, it's still going to hurt, but at least it'll be like all at once instead of like slowly ripping them all out at high speeds. Like Uh is, yeah. So I did like one little section in one armpit and I was just like, I can't even do this. Like my armpit got all like red and raw and it was like, Oh God, there's a couple little blood spots in there. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where they came from. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. And so it hurt for like three days. I could like oh. having my armpit, like, cl- like having my armpit closed or like my arm down and like, you know, moving around, like the rubbing of the skin on my armpit was just like miserable. And it was like all red and everything. And it was great. Like, because 
that little patch didn't grow back hair for quite a little while. Yeah. <laughs> but I, oh, it sucked. And so I'm kind of like, okay, if I ever decide that I want to like rip out all my armpit hairs, I'm going to go straight for waxing rather than like epilator. Like folks, epilators are great from the knees down. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to agree with that. And that's that. it. You know? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't try and do it anywhere else. Like, it's yeah, not I've tried one on my face. I have a very hairy face. So I tried one on my face years ago and it was painful as fuck. Oh my God. I've never done that on my face, but. Oh geez. Yeah. I did. And man, I don't recommend it. Just <laughs> yeah. Too sensitive, too sensitive on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. 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 Terrible. Yeah, armpit so... sounds worse. Armpit definitely sounds worse. Oh, the armpit it didn't feel good. You know what I think would be horrible? Have you seen those videos of people waxing their nose hair? Yeah. Oh Why my god. Oh. Okay. Like also, first of all, you're like you're not supposed to rip those hairs out. No, this is me going all like, you know, weird, you know, anatomy. Oh yeah, it's super no. bad. It's it's like the triangle of death or whatever on your face, right? Well, okay. No, like that's uh, not really like okay but if you are ripping so those little nose hairs are there for a reason it's so that way you don't get dust and all that sort of stuff like in your sinuses all the like it's basically what keeps your sinuses like mostly clean and like keeps you from like breathing in so much stuff like mm -hmm. that's I mean that's why you get snot is because it's like trying to get rid of the gunk you know like that yeah. you're breathing in all the time so it's like if you get rid of those nose hairs you're getting rid of like your first line of defense against like breathing in all sorts of stuff like yeah why I mean trimming your like okay you know some people they get older and their nose hairs start like growing outside their nostrils like trim that shit but <laughs> right right right, right like, yeah but trim it don't pull them out yeah yeah like don't rip them out because that's still what's like keeping you from breathing in a bunch of garbage all the time you know like yeah oh I don't know like I don't know about like most people okay like I don't know if oh, there, people are around enough dirt to, like, make a difference, but, like, this is going to be too much information for y'all, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So, <laughs> like, every time I go to the barn, you know, like, I have a horse. It's dusty. It's dirty. I come home. I blow my nose, and there is so much dirt coming out of my nose. Oh, yeah. And it's not because it was, like, in my sinuses or anything. It's just, like, all the stuff that's gotten trapped in the little nose hairs. <laughs> yeah. You blow out, and it's gross, you know? So, like, imagine... Like, I can only imagine what I would be, like, breathing in if I didn't have that and I were to go to the barn and, like, be in the dust and dirt and all that sort of stuff. Like, it would be miserable. It would be. It'd be awful. And besides the health issues, if you've ever ripped out a nose hair, you know how excruciating it is and your eyes water and it's... Yeah. Can you imagine ripping, like, most of them out at what? Oh, it just yeah. sounds so horrible. So Horrible. horrible. Ugh. Like totally terrible. Yeah, that's just no. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nope. I don't recommend it, y'all. Like just just keep your nose hairs. Keep if your nose too hairs. Long, like trim them. Yeah, trim them, please but, trim like, them. You don't want them hanging out of your face. But like but also don't just get rid of them totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com, the word and is spelled out, or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Idgits and Aspets Podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.